I'm Augustin Machilari and you're listening to a bite-sized weekly here on Monocle 24. We're keeping up with luminaries from the worlds of film, music, art and literature. While cinemas are struggling and live music remains complicated, art will still out. Over the weekend, Northern Balladeer Richard Dawson played a gig at London's Barbican Centre. Ahead of the concert, I caught up with him to learn more. Last year, Richard Dawson's album 2020 made waves with its compelling accounts of the experience of people from across the UK as he imagined them navigating the struggles and strains of daily life in this eponymous year. From depressed civil servants disaffected by the challenges of working effectively in a much-depleted public sector to publicans dealing with the outcome of what has become an annual flood, the album offset kitchen sink stories of struggle against upbeat, progressive pop. This weekend, Richard returned to live gigging, playing a limited capacity set at the Barbican, live streamed to audiences at home. I caught up with Richard for a chat ahead of the gig and began by asking him how he expected to feel playing songs from the album in what has turned out to be an altogether different 2020. I sort of thought there were some there was some chinks of light on the record, but in general it, it wasn't the it was a very sad record I thought. But now I've just been practicing the songs obviously the last couple of weeks and more intensely with the days. I never expected to almost uh, hanker after that time, and it seems so far away now. Yeah, the idea that they might. Um, <laughs> I hope they'll still be relevant. I mean, I think that some of the the kind of fears underpinning the songs are things that have just come to fruition, but they've maybe the pandemic has precipitated a lot of them. It's kind of all happened faster than uh, you might have thought. So one, one thing that I was finding very troubling over the last few years was the kind of uh, way that we're being uh, pitted against each other and this judgmental mindset and a competitive mindset. And I feel like that's only increased now. Although I guess we'll see once things return to some kind of normality, we'll see how that functions. But I, I, I really am afraid of how uh, fractious things things will be. So, yeah, playing the songs, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I worry that they might just seem uh, inconsequential or something like that. But then I always, I always worried about that. <laughs> I don't think that would be the case. I mean, it's interesting that you say that, you know, will we be more, is society going to set to be more pitted against each other? Because there was this moment, wasn't there, like, you know, maybe in, in late March, early April, when for a brief window of time, suddenly everyone felt more united than... We have probably since 2016, probably since before 2016, really, given that that was just the kind of first sort of expression of this dissatisfaction. And one of the things that struck me is that, you know, your 2020 is, is kind of tells a story in many ways of, of, of different people who have been described, I guess, as normal people. But I feel like maybe that's a bit condescending that they're people like my mum, our friends, me, you, I guess. And I felt like those people 
often you don't hear anything from them directly. But at the beginning of lockdown and, and on into it, there was a sudden shift and the media became much more interested in those people's stories. And they were foregrounded a lot more. You'd hear them on the radio. You heard people talking about what they were going through. And it was all desperately sad. But that felt to me like, I don't know, like somehow the characters that you were writing were suddenly finding a voice in the world of, of news and current affairs. Yeah, it's been interesting to see. I mean, I was just watching on the on the news there, Marcus Rashford's campaign, and, you know, I sort of found that interesting because he's he's both he's he's like both like you and me but he's also a very famous uh, successful <laughs> sportsman i've never thought of it like the idea of normal people or something like that i, I just it always found people interesting and the things you know most of the things any of us have got going on if you objectively they're very small and inconsequential but they all constitute a life and how you go about your day is quietly important. I hope that the music can be sort of not judgmental, but uh, this as well, this idea of speaking for people is, is a tricky one because there's something noble about it, but also could be condescending or, or patronising. You can't presume anything. So I was quite careful, actually, like with the lyric writing that the really it's... It's it's not so much character. For for me, sometimes it might be a, a particular person that I see, but I don't want to fix that in the lyrics so that it can exist as something else for someone else. I know That kind of question of narrative, you know, that's kind of where people see you as a as someone working in the kind of the, the folk tradition. And I wondered, do you see these songs as ballads? Not really. I'm interested in folk music only only as much as lots of other kinds of music. And maybe I've confused the picture a bit by singing plenty of folk songs, but that was really <laughs> only an expression of friendship with some people here, Catherine Phil Tyler and my friend Sarah. Uh, in Brighton and some other folks. I'm sort of more interested in um, books and painting. So so I, I, I try to think of it in terms of like a, a, a book or a film or a painting, but not as a piece of music. Dead dog in an alleyway Dusted with snow On a bed of You've just had a new album at the end of September out with Henogled, which is a band that you're in, in addition to your solo work. And again, as with 2020, you have this kind of intersection of a really great poppy, kind of experimental, upbeat, instrumental, and then quite sad or or sort of meditative, plaintive lyrics, vocal parts. And I wonder what that intersection does for you when you set upbeat music against something that's more reflective. Well, I guess uh, with any any music, it shouldn't just be one thing. You know, when we rarely would feel one thing in life or, or feel anything too clearly. And even when we think we 
have grasped something we generally haven't that's usually a sign we haven't so the idea of a clear emotion i think is is it's almost starting to get towards like a hierarchical language or this black and white thinking which is to be avoided so hopefully with Hannah Pled particularly uh, i find it a really exciting group because we're we're um mingling our ideas and personalities and some of the pieces on the record really feel like they're getting towards really capturing something some essence that that you, you couldn't just put into a simple sentence yeah the idea of fog blurriness is really important you have to be careful with this mode of thinking because i think it you can you can talk like this to eschew responsibility, but if you can if you can be blurry in your responsibility taken, then <laughs> then maybe this is a positive thing. I think this crisp thinking is is it's very admirable and I, and I, yeah, I'm impressed by it. But I think it it can be very problematic. It's probably worth keeping an eye out for. <laughs> but then, you know, maybe I'm saying all of this because I don't, maybe it's just a way to, again, you have to watch out for yourself. Maybe because I'm not a crisp thinker, I'm not a fast thinker, I'm not a competitive thinker. So maybe it's just a way for me to justify that. I don't think it's that, but it's good to be suspicious of yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It can be a bit of a kind of impediment as well, I wonder. Don't, that doesn't doubt kind of stand in the way of... Is suspicion different from doubt, I guess? <laughs> Doubt's definitely good. Richard Dawson there, and the Barbican's Live from the Barbican series continues until the 13th of December with in-person attendance and live streaming, both available. They've got some amazing shows lined up for the rest of the season, so do head to their website to learn more. This interview was edited by Jack Dewars. I've been Augustin Machelari. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.